Ladies and gentlemen, our handsome, shining, bright guest today is a mindfulness and mindset coach. His name is Alok Tong, and he's on a mission to help professionals and the public in large to lead a healthy, happy, and successful and spiritually awakened lifestyle by integrating strategic mindfulness principles. So this gentleman here is an expert on mindfulness and he's on a mission to build a more conscious world. He's the co-founder of Eastern Mindfulness, a leading mindfulness and self-development organization, a wellness platform which provides mindfulness-based processes and programs to individuals and companies. And we hope that we will hear from him today about those uh, processes and programs that he talks about on his app, as well as on his website, as well as on his coaching programs. He's the co-founder, talking about his app, he's a co-founder of a guided meditation app called the MindFeed app. And towards the end of this live interaction, I hope he will also take us through some guided meditations uh, because we are all going through a very rough time right now. Uh, given the situation in the country. He's a staunch advocate of mental wellness and holds a motto of empowering people via strategic mindfulness protocols. And what I've found interesting is he spent 13 years working in the corporate world before he found his true calling. Please join me in giving a virtual round of applause to Mr. Alok Tonk. Alok, you're welcome. And thank you for taking out the time for this interaction. Thank you also for being very patient with us while we were fumbling with little technical challenges. Keynote speakers these days, we have to be our own technicians, our own camera persons, you know, gone are the days when we would walk in for our uh, test run on a stage and ask the mic person, hey, your mic is not working well. I need a little bit more. I need a little that. And now we're going to manage all of it on our own. Thank you for being so very patient. And ladies and gentlemen, as I already said, this gentleman is not only helping other people be more mindful but you can also see he's radiating positivity and energy and it's a pleasure uh, to be speaking to him today um, Alok I want to pick your brains on a number of subjects but I want to start with uh, uh, you know we pick up the newspaper in the morning and there are some horrible news coming in we we pick up the phone and we look at whatsapp and there are scary images and scary visuals and um, you know so um, it's it's we cannot deny it's a very very tough time for um, India specifically and across the world as well. Um, during these very difficult times, how does one apply the principles of mindfulness as you teach them? And how does one stay balanced amidst the turmoil that's going on right now? So, uh, Simajit, uh, first of all, I'd like to take this opportunity to extend my gratitude and uh, would love to congratulate and appreciate you and your entire team for doing this Thank fabulous you. job. Thank you. Uh, you have been consistent in your journey. Incredibly, uh, the kind of quality content that you have been sharing on the platform, and I'm sure it is adding a lot of value to all the viewers and the consumers out there. So thank you once again, and keep this going. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. So coming to your question, Simajit, yes, it is uh, quite unfortunate that we are going through this kind of turmoil and who had thought that something like this would hit us hard on our face, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We were not ready and uncertainty and ambiguity is what fears us the most mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, that's what triggers the survival instinct. We don't like uncertainty. We don't like ambiguity. We want right. to be certain. Right. And um, these days, if you see from the last uh, one and a half, two years, every day we start the news channel or the social media for that matter 
mm-hmm. because now the kind of news sources that we have they're like horizontally expanded mm-hmm. and they're instant they're instant and some of them are not even true some of them not even accurate exactly exactly you know there is a difference between chai and masala chai right <laughs> <laughs> so it's good to have it's good to have chai but when you have a lot of masala in the chai that will not be good for you right right, right. Mm-hmm. so when it is about news when it is about uh, information information which is curated that can really add a lot of value to us true but when there is a lot of adulteration happening in that information for some mm-hmm. other you know benefits that can mm-hmm. actually get us on a different level altogether it can deteriorate our perceptions it can deteriorate our perspectives i agree so coming back to you know the way we are consuming a lot of mm. content these days because the thing is you know at the end of the day even we have that um, feeling of not missing out on anything what's happening out there i want to know everything right it's it's instinctive you know most and of the times we are in a mm-hmm. yes yes and and we want to stay ahead in the race of knowing it all right right somewhere it also fulfills our ego that yes i know what's going on there i know, I know what's, what's going, going on, on e- e- even yes. if the, those I are things that i there. should probably ignore or i should probably just send my blessings and i don't need to know all the gory graphic details of what's going on but still as you rightly said it is uh, it is perhaps a lack of mindfulness there alok that i'm by default i'm picking up my phone first thing in the morning by default i'm just picking up the newspaper first thing in the morning and looking at what's on the front page which is usually negative yes it is a part of our habit the way mm. we have trained our nervous system the way we have trained ourselves right because habits see when we simarjit when we talk about our life our life is nothing but it's a collage of habits right true the first thing that you do in the morning till the last thing that you do in the night everything is a habit mm-hmm. right it's a result of habit so the thing is uh, what we need to do here is during these tough times is we need to become more conscious we need to become more aware of what exactly we are doing because our life is nothing but it's an autopilot right now we are doing the same things over and over again we mm-hmm. are getting into the same rut over and over again right mm-hmm. especially especially when most emotional swamp emotional swamp and especially when most people are restricted within the, the boundaries of their own homes and they cannot go out you know earlier yeah. we had all these sort of little outings that we would go out and come back refreshed have a dinner go for a walk go for a run or meet your meet up with your friends have a beer or something like that and you know you would come back refreshed but now um since you are as you said within the boundaries of your home you are now in the emotional swamp so how do we get out <laughs> yes <laughs> so exactly you know uh, now you know smrjit i would i'd love you to give a thought on this earlier when things were open and when things were normal and if you were given a the choice of doing 15 days of work from home mm-hmm. you would be happily doing that right you would right. be in fact counting your days oh there are only 5 days left only 3 <laughs> days left then again i have mm-hmm. to go to office mm-hmm. but now when we are talking about work from home it is indefinite and mm-hmm. that's the reason that that scares us the uncertainty so what time we have to do this and we are mm-hmm. mm, the uncertainty and we are locked in the house so uh, you know how can we deal with this there are certain principles Uh, simajit about uh, strategic mindfulness because that's what i preach and mm-hmm. i preach that because i practice it not because i teach it i i think that this is one of the life skills it is not just a tactic or a technique but it's a mm-hmm. life skill that we need to integrate so it all starts with awareness uh, simajit you know we need to first become aware of what is it that we are going through right now 
what is it that we are feeling right now what mm-hmm. is it that we are thinking right now because the way we think is the way we feel the way we feel is the way we behave right agree, agree. if we if we if we keep on thinking negative all day long and of course we are going to think negative if we are going to consume negative right I so agree with what that. we are consuming not mm-hmm. just physically but mentally and emotionally that is something that we need to become aware of so, so we need to be more mind aware, aware of what what we are consuming via social media via newspapers yes. via the conversations telephonic conversations if if they're all fear based if right. they're all you know doomsday based everything is coming to an end and things yeah. are really bad i'm going to condition my mind to accept that that is the reality and i'm going to go deeper into that emotional swamp as you just talked about it yeah right mm-hmm. in fact i would like to give all of our audience a, a formula you know and this formula you just apply it in any aspect of your life not just the times that we are going through because pandemic is just one of the challenges life mm-hmm. is full of challenges this is what i tell to my my people that you know life is not a straight line we have it's a curve we have our ups and downs right. so this is just one of the challenges life is full of challenges awareness it all starts with awareness when you have awareness that brings clarity mm-hmm. when you have clarity that breeds confidence mm. when you are confident that's when you take action right. and when you take action that's when you take result that, that's when you get results mm-hmm. right so and now if we just flip the equation we get the other side of it if there is right. no awareness we have no clarity if there is no clarity we don't have confidence if we mm-hmm. have no confidence we will never take action and if we never take action we'll never get results so Indeed. as of now what we need to do is majid the first thing the first principle is awareness the second principle is clarity once you are aware that what am i feeling what am i thinking what am i doing what is what am how am i behaving that mm-hmm. will give clarity in whether this is required or not mm. am i overdoing it am i overthinking yes so yeah so i catch myself yes. in the process if i become more aware i can see yes. perhaps i'm reading spending too much time on twitter or whatsapp perhaps i'm talking to yeah. too many people who have a negative point of view of what's going on so that awareness uh, will tell me you know maybe i need to take a step back that's wonderful thank you yes mm-hmm. so simajit you know awareness is like switching on the light you mm-hmm. are finding something in the dark you're not getting it for hours you're finding it mm-hmm. it's just one switch that you have to on it takes a second and all of a sudden the room is full of light and you wow. get what you want it's it's right in front of you right? i love that so i love that awareness breeds clarity so mm-hmm. once you have your switch the light is on it's all clear mm-hmm. now you get what you want right mm-hmm. and when there is light in the room you will walk confidently you will mm-hmm. not have any fear that you might fall right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so clarity leads to confidence so now when you have clarity oh yes so these are not the numbers these are actually hyped up numbers when i look at the death tolls when i look at the recovery tolls when i when i look at how people are treating when i look at what the medical facilities are doing now when i get clarity oh yes things are better things are better they are not getting worse what mm-hmm. it was one year back today what i'm seeing things are better that clarity will give me confidence so and mm-hmm. and that confidence yeah no go on yes mm-hmm. no please please that con- that confidence will in fact help my immune system as well because you know medical science today says that when you are stressed when you are in when you are anxious when you are fearful that's when you deteriorate your immune immunity levels right 
so when you get clear when you get confident automatically you are boosting your immunity levels as well you're you're boosting your happiness index as well so this is super important it actually impacts various different levels of your existence so in in effect in effect what i'm doing is i'm trying to wean myself off the excess of negative input right from my environment from the news from whatsapp from twitter or people who always tend to look at the negative side of things in the process i'm not ignoring the reality i'm not ignoring the danger of the virus i'm not ignoring the um, you know the numbers that are there i'm not ignoring the safety protocols that i should be following but what i'm now doing yeah. is i am as you said flicking on the light bulb of possibility and hope i'm now, now trying to look beyond the doom and beyond the hopelessness towards a brighter side and perhaps telling myself oh there was there was no the, the, for the same disease we did not have a vaccine a year ago and now we have multiple vaccines available right uh, for the same lockdown situation we did not have work from home scenarios and many people lost their jobs and now every home every company has sort of evolved a work from home format people can still pretty much hold on to their yeah. jobs and go about this. so i'm trying to train my mind to look towards the brighter side which is a wonderful metaphor this whole awareness thing reminded me of a of a story by jack canfield and he says uh, this guy mm. who lost his car keys he lost his car keys and he was frantically searching for them underneath the street light right outside his home <laughs> and um, he's going about this you know it's been 10 15 minutes he's sweating his neighbor looks at it and he's very concerned he said look can i help you i think probably you've lost something yeah i dro- i lost my car keys can i help you he said yeah sure so he joins in so the neighbor is also now busy uh, in helping him out and um, so both of them are now together searching for the car keys this goes on for maybe 20 25 minutes they don't find the car keys under the light so the neighbor just out of curiosity asks are you sure you lost them around here to which he responds he said well i actually lost them in the other street where it was very dark there uh, here there is light <laughs> so i thought i'd look for them here which is a which yeah. is a f- funny short story but i think it demonstrates an important point that um, uh, the awareness is also within us we need to tap it uh, tap into that awareness within so i think it's very important to declutter and sort of uh, remove what is yeah. adding on to your stress and worry and focus on what's truly important so thank you for sharing that uh, with us i want to talk about your in journey fact, uh, sorry sorry alok yes please yeah, yeah. so i i would like i just like to add this i i really love what plato had uh, said his this saying that an unexamined life is not worth living i love that i love it so much that yes you need to audit your life at regular intervals you need to examine your life you need to examine your thought processes your emotions your belief systems your attitude your preconceived notions it is so very True. important True. that we stay you know under that examination otherwise we might lose our destination yeah. i love that those are very profound words indeed um, and thank you for sharing this and in this context uh, an unexamined life is not worth living which which also you know in this context in the current context uh, if we apply it to that it means that if we don't examine if we leave our minds in the autopilot mode they're going to drift towards the negative right so we need to take charge um, yeah. thank you for sharing that um alok i'm interested in your journey um, of how did you become a mindful mindfulness coach which is a niche that you've carved for yourself in the self development industry in india which is still 
blossoming in a way moving beyond the babas and the sadhus and the yeah. um the religious yeah. aspect of it that's that's and and moving more into people who are spiritual in the sense not necessarily religious but spiritual and then they're adding value so uh, talk to us about you've spent 13 years in the corporate world before you decided to make the shift talk to us about what prompted it and um, what were the challenges and about the lessons learned on the journey so far yeah simajit uh, this is interesting because uh, honestly speaking i never ever thought that i would ever be a coach or a trainer i would ever be in this coaching space because you know simajit when we talk about being a coach when we talk about being a trainer there are certain attributes that a coach requires in terms of personality in terms of communication in terms of fearlessness in terms of audacity you know in terms of communicating and connecting with people i had none of them i had i had none of them and when i used to see myself i was like i'm a backbencher i'm just there to sit <laughs> in one corner i just cannot These do back it these backbenchers change the world my friend <laughs> yeah mm. and uh, but but simajit you know the thing is uh, you know it is always said that the kind of environment that you are in that really mm-hmm. grooms you up and that really pushes you mm-hmm. so right from my childhood i have been uh, seeing people around me primarily my parents they had their own routine in terms of meditation in terms of chanting in terms of you know their own ways of following certain things mm-hmm. so this was not new for me so right from the age of 15 um, i have been practicing mindfulness and meditation uh whether it is that's early that, that's quite an early age it's quite an early age right that's good mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. uh simajit the thing is you know people generally uh, see the thing is the spirituality context is actually tweaked uh, mm-hmm. you know it's it, it is taken at a different realm altogether mm-hmm. but people do ask me um, that at so at, at such a young age spirituality come on this is the time you know when you retire you know that that's when you have to get into all this right and i just have one thing to say simajit that when you get into playing a game do you mm-hmm. know the rules at the start or after playing the game right mm-hmm. good question uh, if if you are if you are going into a rugby game let's say mm-hmm. and you get into the field and you don't know the rules what will happen mm. you will be flat on your face right but right. when you know the rules that i have to go here i have to run this way i have to take the ball that's when you will be able to do justice with the game and with your with yourself as well so life is a larger game on mm-hmm. a larger playground if you don't know the rules if you don't know what you are expected to do you will fall flat on the face so this is what uh, this is the kind of understanding i got uh, when i was listening to various people and even my parents and uh, that moment onwards i started uh, practicing mm-hmm. but honestly speaking simajit i had no idea how is this going to help me i had no idea how meditation is going to help me i had no idea how mindfulness is going to help me i just did it as a routine right but at the other end i had my conventional life which was going on i come from a management background i did my bachelor's of management studies and then mba in marketing and then i started with my sales job okay so you know everything that we read in books like mm-hmm. is different but when the mm-hmm. rubber meets the road that's when you feel the heat Right. right that's mm. when i started to know what pressure is what sales is what targets are unrealistic expectation client expectations and qbrs and meetings and follow ups it was actually driving me crazy aka and, the uh, real aka the real corporate world <laughs> you got a taste of that right <laughs> yes 
as opposed to yes, what we learn yes, in yes. Uh, B school or, you know, as opposed to the ideal corporate world with all yeah. the values and everything, yeah. all the fluffy, nice things we talk about. Um, you got to experience yeah. the real thing with the uh, dirty internal politics, with people trying to pull each other down and so Crazy. many other things. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Okay. Crazy. So <clears throat> the thing is, uh, you know, this actually put me under a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. Um, 13 years of my life, I worked with various organizations, various leaders in various teams, part of various think tanks, being a leader, having my own team. What I was able to find is, Simajit, that I was actually going through a lot of stress, anxiety. I've gone through burnouts as well. Oh, really? But the mm. one thing that held me strong was my practices. Mm. No matter how bad day I had, but when I got into that routine of mindfulness and meditation, that neutralized everything. Mm -hmm. That got me to square one again. Okay, it's a new day. It's a fresh start, right? So that is what held me strong. But you know, Simajit, I'll tell you something that really shook me was when I was able to look at my, when I was seeing my colleagues, my bosses, my clients, my team members and everyone, they were actually going through a lot of stresses and they were not mm -hmm. able to handle because they had no mechanism. They had no technology. They had no technique to, of doing that. And you know, you would agree to this, that everyone has a different way of handling stress. Indeed. Right. Some of them, they eat a lot to mm. handle stress. Some of them, they don't eat, eat at all. Some mm -hmm. of them, they sleep a lot. Some mm -hmm. of them, they have sleepless nights. Mm -hmm. Some of them, they uh, pop pills. Right. So some of them, they get addicted to smoking and drinking. Right. So one of my colleagues, I saw him, he started eating a lot. He grew obese. Right. There was another colleague of mine. He went through a divorce because he was not able to handle the work-life balance. And I thought to myself, Smriti, that this is not how th people need to live lives. Where I, at one end, I was able to handle stress. I'm not saying that I was immune to stress, but I knew what to do when I was in stress, right? And that's what makes a difference. So I thought that let me do something wherein I can help people with my practices. And then I came up with my platform and the story goes on. Mm -hmm. I have Eastern mindfulness and stuff like that. And then, then I started connecting with corporates and uh, doing programs. So that's the entire U-turn. I never thought I would be here, but these experiences, they made me do that. Yeah, that's fantastic. No, it's a great story. I'm, and um, um, I'm interested a lot. Of, I'm, I'm pretty sure that a lot of people who are listening to this right now, um, especially of a young corporate professionals on LinkedIn or YouTube and other platforms, there are a lot of people who feel that their calling is somewhere else not in the current line of their work, that their current line of work is sort of suffocating them, that the, it is not allowing them to uh, exhibit their full creativity and they feel stifled. And therefore, what they want to do is they want to switch. So they always ask me, uh, sir, you made this change from the hospitality industry into becoming a motivational speaker. A lot of our guests have made these unconventional choices um, in terms of um, you know their career and how other things go. Um, talk to us about how easy or difficult was it to move away from one of the biggest addictions in the world, which is a paycheck. Uh, how, <laughs> right? Yeah. T t talk to us about that and talk to us about, please, about, you know, how did you build this practice of mindfulness coaching and what perhaps inputs you could give to youngsters who might be wanting to do the same? Uh, Simajit, of course, it is difficult to step onto other boat when you are sailing smoothly on one boat because there is again a lot of uncertainty and ambiguity that comes in mm -hmm. but the thing is uh, 
you know, I would like to tell all the aspiring coaches and aspiring trainers out there, if you want to get into the coaching industry, don't take it as a hobby. Take it as your dire need. That has to be your need. The need to help people, the need to add value, the need to create a platform where you can change lives, transform lives, help people to move forward in their lives. Because if you take this as a hobby, hobbies are easily lost by distractions. And, you know, just just look at it from this perspective. We had many hobbies while we were a child, right? Some of them, they used to play guitar or music or drawing or painting. I had a hobby of painting. I used to give classes as well. But I don't remember when was the last time I painted or took a brush in hand. Because when you get into the ups and downs of life, that's when you think and see what is more important right now in terms of survival, in terms of relationships, in terms of the ongoing engagements. That's when hobby goes on the back burner, right? So if you really want to take this up, take it as your passion. If you're really passionate about it, because when we talk about, Simajit, when we talk about the coaching industry, the training industry, it is glamorous, right? There is, there is no second thought on it because you come up as the, on the center stage, you get a lot of attention, you get a lot of respect, and you, people look at you from a different perspective. But now and, and that 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 glamour uh, that glamour part is what attracts a lot of youngsters. Is like, oh wow, you know, I would like to have a life like that. I would yeah. like to travel to different locations, go on to different speeches, and you know, I'm the one who's talking, and everybody's listening. They love it, but uh, what they don't see is perhaps the so many other aspects of making this possible. And right, okay, great. Yes, in fact, in fact, Simajit, you know, I get many DMs on my Instagram, on my LinkedIn emails as well where there are aspiring coaches who write to me that alok you know you have been into this mindfulness uh, journey even mm-hmm. i want to be a mindfulness coach i want to be a happiness coach how mm-hmm. do i go about it mm-hmm. and uh, you know Sujit, i just tell them one thing that number one please peep into yourself mm-hmm. where is this coming from right this what, need what is... of becoming a coach where is it mm, where is it originating from right what, what is the driving factor the, behind it Yes, uh, if you know, I always tell this: if the stronger um, the seed, mm. right, sweeter would be the fruit, mm-hmm. right. So, or you can also place it as stronger the roots, sweeter are the fruits, right. So, you need to understand what are the roots, where from where this this intention of yours or this mm-hmm. desire of yours is sprouting up, mm-hmm. right. Because if it is coming from making it into the glamour industry. Uh, making it into the coaching or teaching industry, then it is it is short-lived. But if you are invested in your vision and your values, because I'm a, I'm a firm believer of this, Simerji, that our life is nothing but it's a reflection of our values. Yeah? Agree, agree. And for coaches, for trainers, it is important that you stand strong on your values. And you know what your values are, right? And you spend time knowing and trying to figure out because a lot of us, are, we're subconsciously yes. driven by our values, but we don't know them. So it's like a hidden force which is driving us, but we're not aware. As you said, the light switch is yeah. not on yet. Mm. Yeah. And it is as simple as that, uh, Simajit. See, if there are two people, uh, both have half an hour to spend, right? Now, their values will define where they will invest their half an hour. Mm. One might watch a movie or a documentary, 
right? Or something on YouTube, the other might read a book mm. and gain something out of it, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. our values drive us in using the resources in the best possible way. Agree. So the same reflects in life as well. One person has 70 years, 80 years, 90 years to live. The value of that person will decide what I want to do, where I want, what I want to invest in, how do I want to spend the rest of my life. The other mm-hmm. one just party hard and mm. go around, right? So it is all the values of us, what we are holding inside, that's what reflects on our life. Great, well said, you know, and people have given it different names. We can call it discover your purpose or, you know, find your higher calling. Yeah. We can call it your value. We yeah. can call it, um, you know, conditioning and so many other names. But it's important that we take charge. I think the bottom line of, um, you know, in different ways, uh, we all sort of convey the same message, which is uh, take charge. Don't be um, at the mercy of your default programming or your childhood conditioning or, you know, yeah. this is what my parents told me when I was growing up. This is how far I can go. This is what my culture does, et cetera, et cetera. Everybody yeah. around me is doing this at that point of time. So it's, a, it's, it's primarily about taking charge and redirecting it into the direction of what you want to do, really, rather than being driven yeah. by your genes or by your cultural conditioning, parental conditioning or peer pressure or whatever it happens to be. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I, I want so, to talk. Uh, Simajit, I would, ah, please, I would like to. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would like to add one more thing. So. All the aspiring coaches and trainers out there, one more thing you need to do is whatever uh, aspect you want to get into in terms of coaching, go and talk to those people, go and Mm. talk to those trainers, go and reach out to those coaches. They'll be more than happy to help you. They'll be more than happy to guide you because when you look at people on the screen or various social media channels, that's the delivery aspect of it. But how they're living their lives, how they're pulling it off, what is Mm -hmm. driving them, what is the Mm -hmm. motivating force? What are the values? So that's what will give you an idea that how the journey is. Not not just the content pieces that you are watching on the social media channels. Yeah? I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's true uh, for coaching and that's true for other professions also. You know, a lot of youngsters, grade 10th yeah. through 12th, when they, are, when they want to and they're trying to figure out what should I do, that is the ideal time when they should go out and meet their sort of people who are already in, the, in those professions. And you see a lot of, lot of myths will be busted. Um, a lot of assumptions will go away. And, uh, you know, some, for example, some kid who wants to be a doctor should go and shadow, spend some time with another doctor and figure out, okay, he's got a BMW yeah. 7 Series parked outside, but this is what it takes to... Um, you know, uh, for him to be a doctor. This is what it takes. These are the sacrifices. This is how it's going to impact his family life. So I'm glad you mentioned that. And a great message there for all the aspiring coaches and speakers to who have, might have tuned into this conversation is um, go and talk to people. We are all very approachable. Well, most of us are. Can't say for all of us. <laughs> we don't bite and we are ready to help. So pick up the phone uh, or, you know, drop in the message on LinkedIn, reach out to us. We'll do our best to assist you. Sorry, Alok, you, I think you're, you wanted to say, you add something, please. Yeah. In fact, a couple of days I had um, a session with the Delhi Rotract Club and they uh-huh. were aspiring students who were just uh, graduating and post-graduating and getting into the real world, the so-called real world, the corporate world, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the, the, um, the topic was how to handle rejections. Uh, interview rejections, right? Job rejections. Wow. All that, what, another another serious, uh, if I may interject, another serious rejection that these youngsters are not able to handle are in the in, in the love situations. They fall in love with someone who I, you know, I propose to my 
my crush yeah. or I had a crush on this guy or this girl and he or she rejected me and I'm crushed. I want to commit suicide. Like we get a lot of SOS messages like that. Yes, please talk to us about that. I'm sure we, we are eager to hear. Simarjit, hmm. Simarjit, you are a mind reader, I should say. I, you know, this is what I told them that when it is about rejections, it is not just about job rejections. Mm. Rejections come in various shapes and sizes. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be your the person you wanted. So, you know, you had the desire that I want to spend the rest of my life with this person and you got rejected. It can be the job. The organization tells you we don't need you. Right. Mm -hmm. How do you handle those rejections? Right. So that's what I, I, I told them that, see, whenever it is about you're choosing a particular career, you need to understand the theoretical aspect of it. At the same time, you also need to know the practical aspect of it. For example, agree, if, agree. You're, if you want to be a manager or a middle level manager, go and speak to five different managers from different organizations. Go and speak to them. How is your day like? What do you do in the morning? What is your schedule? What are the kind of assignments you handle? What are the kind of people you handle? That's when you will get to know the gravity of that job. Absolutely. Because otherwise, what would happen is you would just get into it and then you would not be happy in your uh, you paint a rosy picture of it, you know, uh, you think this is what it looks like. When you enter it, it's altogether something very different. Uh, and I think a valid point there, I really appreciate you bringing that up, is that uh, real world exposure, you know, there's no match for that. So you could study all the theory about being an entrepreneur. And we could watch all the Instagram videos about being an entrepreneur. But have you shadowed an entrepreneur? Did you spend some, did you intern with an entrepreneur so that you can know what his or her challenges are, how do they run their businesses? And um, um, the next question, Alok, that I, is very important in the context of what's going on right now. Many people have been stuck inside their homes since February 2020, um, ever since travels stopped and lockdowns started happening. Um, and uh, we've seen um, domestic violence go up. We've seen uh, addictions go up. A lot of people who had quit their addictions before relapse into it. We've seen a lot of divorces happen. And in fact, there is speculation that, uh, I don't know how far this is true, but uh, uh, part of the trigger behind Bill and Melinda Gates' divorce was also that uh, Bill was not on, on the road as much as he used to be. He was spending more time home. Um, as I said, this is just speculation. What I read, what I gathered from some of the yeah. um, sources on WhatsApp and Twitter and else, uh, elsewhere. But uh, jokes apart, you know, there's been uh, people have been affected uh, in a major way, being stuck in their uh, homes and being their primary, you know, entertainment. A lot of people miss their commutes. This was trending on LinkedIn some time back. The fake commute. People miss their commute. They used to complain about their commute so much and now they and now they miss their commute. So what are your top tips when it comes to mindfulness and emotional balance and things in terms of uh, for the especially for, for mental well-being in the work from home scenario um, and also for people who um, are, find, are finding life very difficult at this point of time? Yeah, uh, so Simarjit, I would like to give you, uh, you know, a metaphor here. Everyone who is watching right now, please try to introspect on this. Uh, you know, we are using an age-old laptop, yeah, the first laptop which was introduced. Right. And we get software updates, right? We keep on we getting do. software updates. Now, what would happen if we are still using the same laptop and we take the latest update? Of course, there would be an incompatibility, right? We would somewhere fall back in terms of how smoothly we can use that entire system. Mm -hmm. Something similar is happening right now. The 
entire situation has changed, right? The entire environment has changed. The mm-hmm. way things are happening, the way things are done, the way we are working, the way we are communicating, the way we are socializing, everything has changed. The world has changed. Mm-hmm. And if you don't change, if your processes don't change, if your routine doesn't change, then you will have an incompatibility in terms of living the future life, right? As it is said that uh, the only thing that is constant is change, right? We all know that. True. But hardly we implement that, right? Now, um, when we are at home the entire day, right? See, we had our own routines earlier, but now everyone is at home and everyone has their own ways of working, own ways of behaving and dealing with things. And that's where we get that kind of friction that we never expected earlier, right? Mm -hmm. So this is the time to reevaluate the entire situation and set new ground rules. It's time for inner growth. It's time to set new ground rules. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's the time for inner grow- growth. It's the time to uh, take your relationships to the next level. It's the time to take your understanding to the next level, your awareness to the next level. And Simajit, one thing you know, what I understand here is, we we uh, we need a certain kind of boundary. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we feel lost. Right. right. You know, I I know you love poems. Yeah. Mm. So, I I just came across this beautiful. Uh, Picturization. There, it's, it was a bird's eye view mm-hmm. of a girl who is sitting, and and there was a boundary drawn around her, and there were these words that this is the boundary that protected me, and this is the boundary that is restricting me. Wow! Right. So mm-hmm. uh, it was so deep. I mean, just for the next ten minutes, I was just thinking over that. Right. Mm-hmm. But in this context, what I'm trying to so say it's is both, it's both inhibiting me, it's my boundaries both inhibiting me and also protecting me, nurturing me, safeguarding me in some way. Right. Yeah. Right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in this context, when I talk about boundaries, by boundary, what I mean is a routine. Right. See, if you have 24 7, right, 24 hours, seven days, now you have plenty of time. If you don't set boundaries for you, you will be lost. You will spill off all your time. You Agreed. will not be productive. You Agreed. will not be able to understand where, where, where time is slipping, right? Right. But if you have a routine for yourself, even if mm-hmm. you are not going to office, have a routine for yourself and that will bind you together, right? Makes so sense. I would love Makes to sense. share with all of our audience today uh, that, you know, this is what I follow and I would love to offer this to you. Mm-hmm. I call this as my prime hour, right? This is my prime hour of the day and I start my day with my prime hour. Mm-hmm. So here prime is an abbreviation, right? Okay. So okay. P-R-I-M-E and this mm-hmm. becomes your prime hour once you okay. start uh, following this. So your P stands for the physical aspect of you. Okay. R stands for the rejuvenating or the recreational aspect of you. Mm-hmm. Right. I stands for the intellectual aspect of you. Okay. M stands for the mental aspect of you and E stands for the emotional aspect of you, right? That's great. So what mm. I do is basically, yeah, every morning, the first thing as I wake up, as I get conscious, as I open my eyes, the first thing is in my phone, I have uh, certain uh, affirmations that I've recorded, right? In nice. my own voice, I've recorded certain affirmations. Right. So the first thing is I take my phone and I start the affirmations. So I don't want any other thought or any other situation to take over me. 
i want those affirmations to be the first food that i feed my mind right and as i start that i get on my uh, exercise cycle and i start doing my exercise i start doing my cardio so basically i'm taking care of the first two elements physical and recreational or rejuvenating so, so it's like the breakfast uh, it's like the breakfast for your mind yeah yeah mm. yeah so physically i'm sweating at the same time i'm intaking lot of rejuvenating juice uh, why are mm-hmm. the affirmations it's feeding my mind right mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. once that is done i do it for like 20 minutes okay i have a 20 20 20 minute rule so 20 minute for first two 20 minute for second two and 20 minutes for the last it gives you like 60 minutes one hour your prime hour mm-hmm. the second thing i do is once i'm done with my exercise and uh, the rejuvenating aspect i start reading something it can be audio books or it can be physical books so this feeds your intellectual aspect Right. Mm. So once that is done then I get into my meditation I get into my breath work uh, breathing exercises pranayam and my meditation so that feeds my mental and emotional aspect and then I uh, stop it with like a gratitude practice so that is wow. feeding your emotional aspect wow so this entire prime hour you just do one hour a day the first thing in the morning and your energy levels your understanding your clarity goes to a next level altogether Mm-hmm. So uh, this also impacts your other relationships as well right I'm sure. because many I'm sure. times you know you wake up and you are cranky and uh, you are throwing tantrums why this and why that but the first thing in the morning if you take charge of yourself mm-hmm. then you will be radiating positivity yeah which you are my friend so a round of applause for this very uh, useful um way to structure and i think a lot of us might be doing bits and pieces of it but what you are suggesting is to do it all together to do it the first thing in the morning the prime let's do a quick recap it's physical r is rejuvenation i is intellectual sorry m yeah. was a mental mental and emotional and right. e is emotional yeah e is emotional yeah. so for, for so for example i've been doing the gratitude exercise i do it you know whenever i get time there's no yeah. there has not been a set time when i do it and i think due to that reason itself some days i just entirely skip it because i have not pinpointed an exact time that i should be doing it i do my physical exercise also but then again it's not structured so what you are suggesting is put all these aspects together make it like a nice breakfast buffet for your mind and for your body do it the yeah. first thing um i love um, you know james clear's work on atomic habits and he talks about if you don't have to make decisions when you wake up in the morning the chances of you doing that thing are higher so what 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 he means is if i don't have to search my affirmations in the morning on my phone or which affirmations should i listen to much ch- and if i already have something ready for me the night before my chances of using it way higher so um the same way with the gym so if you've got your um, i'm i used to go but now then due to the lockdown the gyms are closed so but if i would have my gym clothes my gym shoes everything down to the little thing if i have them sorted out um the night before my chances of going to the gym next morning are very high because i don't have to make any decisions True. and we human beings we hate making decisions yeah. so great pointers there and i think what you're talking about is the self discipline um i recorded a video sometime back during the pandemic uh, in which we said that this is the time when you have to be self driven most of us have been so conditioned as young children to you know follow instruction from parents and then stepping into the corporate world to follow the instructions from the boss that we perhaps did not develop the ability to self regulate you know so we had teachers parents and bosses and in the middle of all that we did not develop the muscle to self regulate but people who thrived and who were 
be who were able to be a source of inspiration to others during the lockdown during pandemic who were able to make great progress in their businesses or their professional lives who were able to assist others with the all sort of emergencies were the ones who were able to self regulate were the ones who were able to take charge of their emotions have some discipline you will not believe alok i don't know perhaps this thought resonates with you for the entire 14 months since um uh, there has been zero travel for me as a keynote speaker i have dressed up on 90% of the days i have dressed up in my formals and shown uh, sh- uh, when i show up at work i would be in my formals so i don't my my office is not very far from where i live and a lot of lot of times people would joke around you know my family members so my daughters would be very curious where are you going today right so is there something special going on i said well i'll tell you what's special today it's another beautiful day uh, life is happening it's an occasion i'm going to put on my best perfume i will put on my best clothes and i will show up at work in the best of the mindset uh, even if we know there's there's like okay we don't have like so many things lined up to do but the this this whole thing of self regulation and the small details like the feel of my formal shirt or the smell of my favorite perfume the same perfume that i wear when i would go for a real um, talk somewhere it triggers activates in my mind that you know what you're about to do is something important and if i drop those standards and this is what i observed alok during this time whenever i drop the standards in one area of my life it would impact all the other areas so if i would say okay let's yes. just get up whatever time we want to get up and slowly i would notice it is going to impact my eating drinking everything so i think these standards are interconnected so you maintain high standards in one part of your life in effect you are maintaining high standards in all parts of your life so thank you so much for giving those practical inputs there and, um uh, mm-hmm. also simarjit you know when we talk about having a successful day like mm. a positive day it is not about doing a bigger chunk of thing but it is about how you are successful in each and everything right successful in getting up early successful mm-hmm. in doing your affirmations successful in having a healthy breakfast successful in showing love to your loved ones mm-hmm. successful in uh, accomplishing your work the most important thing successful in every aspect that builds up a successful day isn't it i agree i agree and in a, if it, if it's in a well balanced format um, you feel that you've had a wholesome yeah. day it's not like i achieved a lot on the professional front but i'm feeling drained out so but if i make sure i do my affirmations and other things so it's all about self regulation and some of these things they give you results over a period after a period of time right exercise for example affirmations gratitude all these habits yeah. they train your mind over the long term so we might be missing the short term impact but in the long run they're very very powerful now um, we've already 45 minutes into this um, conversation uh, aloka yeah. uh, so, so sorry <laughs> sorry you you were about to add something go ahead please yeah i um, i just wanted to uh, talk about happiness as well just a very mm-hmm. short thing please please uh, take your you know, time this is also the formula to live a, a a happy life right people generally have strategies for businesses people have strategy for finances people have strategy for investment but when it comes to the core area of life we don't have strategies right we leave everything on chance right <laughs> do you have a strategy to be happy oh really what are you talking alok Mm. Do you have strategy for cultivating some calm? Oh come on, be serious. What are you talking about? Mm. Do you have a strategy for cultivating sustained happiness? Come on, what are you talking about? These strategies sense. are meant for business. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, once uh, just thinking over certain things, Simarjit and this thought uh, struck me that 
what is happiness when you talk about happiness happiness is nothing but it's an accumulation of smaller joyful moments wow. right every moment when you when you love it you when you live it 200% when you accumulate make a collage of all those joyful moments you become happy right and uh, i just weaved it into a sentence and it came to me that uh, you know the the moments of joy are like those threads which are used to weave a blanket of happiness wow yeah so mm. i think so that's, that's worth i think that's worth repeating actual- <laughs> your your definition is worth repeating happiness is a collage of yeah so basically the moments of joy moments of the joy the moments of joy are like those threads mm-hmm. which are used in weaving a blanket of happiness yeah. wow wow that's beautiful that's very profound so small small moments everyday moments um that we often overlook yeah mhm glad you mentioned that thank you so much alok and thank you for sparing so much time now before we let you go two very important things uh one is uh, yeah. conscious living in the age of social media and social distractions that's a very important thing i wanted to touch upon yeah. quickly and then we yeah. move we would request you to take us through a guided meditation of some sort uh, especially to um, sure. uh, something that reassures and calms people down during this very challenging time sure Sure. So, um, conscious living is something that I that I live, eat, and um, that's what I you know I survive on. And when I talk about conscious living, Simajit, I would like to give all of our audiences because they're they're spending so much of time, their energy and efforts, and they're being they're they're here. I really appreciate right from the bottom of my heart each and every one of you who are watching us live right now. I I offer my gratitude, and I want to give you, and I want to leave you with this. this this idea of mastering what i call as the conscious pause so i have developed this formula of conscious pause and this basically has four different steps right mm-hmm. and the question that you ask that how can we be more conscious in this age of social media and stuff not just social media but any aspect that is bothering you mentally emotionally and creating that emotional turmoil because of covid because of anything right once you start mastering this art of conscious pause this will take you to the next level altogether it will breed a lot of clarity there are okay. four steps uh now just assume and imagine yourself that you're doing something and all of a sudden you know you feel that kind of uneasiness that emotional overwhelm that mm-hmm. anxiety or that stress that what is going to happen what am i doing you know about my career health relationship work anything right. in any in any and every aspect of your life the first thing that you do is the first step is just stop doing everything that you are doing in that moment just disengage yourself just okay. stop it and isolate yourself for the next 5 minutes not more okay. just 5 minutes okay okay the first step is to stop and isolate yourself mm-hmm. the second step is to disconnect yourself from all the physical and digital distractions right, right. by right. physical distractions what i mean is when you're isolating yourself ask people around you not to disturb you for the next 5 minutes and okay. switch off all your phones uh put them on silent put them on airplane mode it will really not make a difference for 5 minutes if you just sure. switch them off for 5 mm-hmm. minutes right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the third thing what you do is you either lower your gaze or you close your eyes whatever makes you comfortable because you know 70% of the distractions are visual distractions so right. when you lower your gaze or close your eyes that's when you are redirecting your focus and your awareness inward from outward you are channelizing it inward mm-hmm. right and at that moment of time you connect and align with your breath 
take three or five deep breaths and connect with your breath. Use all your five senses to connect with your breath. Okay. Mm-hmm. And once you once you have done this, now you are in a different level of awareness. Now what I ask you to do is to activate curious awareness. Curious awareness. How okay. do you activate curious awareness? That's the fourth step. You ask yourself three questions. Number one, what am I feeling right now? Mm-hmm. Number two, what am I thinking right now? And number three, where am I focusing right now? When you ask yourself, what am I feeling right now? That's when you actually get to know what is the exact feeling. Mm-hmm. Because our vocabulary, when it comes to feeling, is very weak. We just have three to four words. We keep on jumbling around those, right? right when you ask right. yourself, what am I feeling right now? That's mm-hmm. when you get a sense of it. And then you ask yourself, what am I thinking right now? Because every feeling has a hidden thought. Mm-hmm. You ask yourself, what am I thinking right now? Then you ask yourself the last question, where am I focusing right now? Am I focusing on the glass that is half full or the one that is half empty? Yeah, okay. this will bring a lot of awareness. It takes just five minutes, but it puts you on a different level of awareness and clarity altogether. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's what I'm uh, in essence. What I'm doing is I'm getting off the treadmill for a while. I'm getting off the treadmill of notifications yeah. of emails of WhatsApp alerts and things like that. And as you rightly said, I'm, I'm sort of disconnecting myself for a very brief period of time. Um, and I'm now redirecting my thinking using these three questions, which is what am I feeling right now? <clears throat> Excuse me. What am I thinking right now? And the third, the third one was where am I focusing right now? Where am I focusing right now? Where is, where is my focus right now? So I think the, the scope for corrective action will lie predominantly in the third one. Where am I focusing right now? It is once I get to know, okay, this is the thing I'm focusing on right now. I need to move away from it. I always use this uh, little magnifying glass. That's beautiful. I, but I use this magnifying glass a lot to always demonstrate the point, the power of focus. The more you focus on something, the stronger it becomes to the point that it's going to overwhelm you. And I've, I've seen it the days I've spent probably a bit too long uh, on Twitter and reading all the updates coming from, you know, different people about the pandemic, about the um, the spread of the virus and the deaths and all that, that I when I log off, I feel really overwhelmed. I feel, um, you know, um, helpless and so many other of those negative emotions, they run through me. But uh, if I just take a little break and I probably write my gratitude journal or do something else or meditate or even water the plants or just do something, that disconnects, I come back refreshed. But thank you for sharing these very three powerful questions. What am I feeling right now? What am I thinking right now? Where am I focusing right now? So I can redirect. Aloka, before we close our session today, please take us through some guided meditation, which you feel will help the audience. Sure. Sure. So uh, request to all of our audience who are watching right now. Uh, now, neither Simarjit nor I would be able to reply you so just leave your phones just leave your keypads and make yourself relaxed all right and just for next two three minutes and this is something that even you can self-guide you can self uh, redirect yourself whenever you feel overwhelmed okay so what i'll do is i'll I'll use a little bit of um, the voice some sound to anchor your attention so what i want you to do is make yourself relaxed sit straight but relaxed with a soft smile on your face, right? Because that changes your biochemistry when you smile. It produces endorphins in your system. So with a soft smile, you don't have to force yourself. Don't fake it. Just a smile that you are healthy, whole and complete. You are alive, you are breathing. 
the gratitude to the Mother Earth and this universe. And just focus on this sound. And take a deep breath. Inhale from the nose and exhale from the mouth. Inhale from the nose and exhale from the mouth. One more deep breath. Inhale from the nose and exhale from the mouth. Become aware of your entire body. And with every outgoing breath, just command yourself to relax completely. With every outgoing breath, command yourself to relax completely. Whichever body part I name, just bring your awareness to that particular organ. We'll start from the top of your head, head, forehead. Just run your awareness through all these organs, eyes, nose, lips, jaw, neck, shoulders, chest, upper back, lower back, stomach, hips, reproductive organs, both your arms, right arm, left arm, fingers, Thighs, inner thighs, knees, calves, ankles, heels, feet. Take three deep breaths. Full breath in, full breath out. Inhale from the nose and exhale from the mouth. And as you are inhaling and exhaling, just focus on this sound. And bring a sense of gratitude right from the bottom of your heart. And as you feel that gratitude, you see yourself expanding and relaxing. Be grateful to this moment. Be grateful for your breath each and every breath that is coming in and going out. Be grateful for all the relationships that you're experiencing right now, the beauty of those relationships, the loving energy of those relationships. Do wear a smile because smile makes you look beautiful. Offer your gratitude to your parents. Offer your gratitude to your partner. Offer your gratitude to your children. Offer your gratitude 
to all the medical workers, the doctors who are working day and night and saving the planet. Offer your gratitude to each and every stranger around you who are helping you and making life easier for you in some or the other way. Offer your gratitude to the food you eat and the water you drink. And with three deep breaths, full breath in, full breath out. You may slowly move your fingers, rub your palms, stretch your arms, and open your eyes whenever you feel like. There is no hurry. Sorry, I forgot to un unmuted myself to make sure I don't yeah. interrupt <laughs> in yeah. that process. That was that was beautiful, yeah. very very relaxing, uh, <clears throat> and I think it just took less than three minutes of our time to three or four minutes yeah. to just be more centered, more yeah. calm, um, and um, for for that period of time at least, forget all the challenges that we're trying to fight and come back into reality more rejuvenated and fresh and energetic. Alok, it's been a wonderful conversation here today, longer than I expected, deeper than I expected. I really appreciate you taking out the time. Um, would you like to share any parting words with the audience before you go? Um, I'm thankful uh, for this opportunity, Simajid, uh, where I can share some learnings and uh, takeaways with everyone who has given their time, their attention, their energy. I'm sure they had so much on their plate, but they consciously chose to be here and to, you know, absorb this conversation. I'm really grateful. Uh, nothing more, Samajit. Uh, just stay conscious, be mindful mm -hmm. and uh, integrate whatever we discussed in terms of conscious pause, in terms of the prime hour, because right. implementation is what will give you results, right? That's my biggest takeaway power, today. But implementation is superpower. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, rightly said. That's my biggest takeaway today is the prime hour and to put all those things, all those nourishing things together in the first thing in the day rather yeah. than having them scattered all over. Because if they're scattered, the chances of me yeah. doing them are lower. Ladies and gentlemen, round of applause for Mr. Alok Tonk here today. And if you wish to know more about his work, um, the website is Eastern Mindfulness. Uh, is it easternmindfulness.com? And uh, you can also look yeah. up Alok yeah. on, on LinkedIn. And his guided meditation app is called MindFeed. And uh, please feel free to reach out to him via his website, LinkedIn or FB. Um, Alok, would, do you want to share um, you know, your, about your services or your personal coaching sessions? What services you offer so people who might be interested to improve their level of conscious living if they want to reach out? Yeah, uh, Subhajit, I mean, um, there's lots to say, but... I would not take much time here. Mm -hmm. uh, you can just Google Alok Tank and you will get all the details there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's the best way. <clears throat> That's the best way to find and explore. Yeah. Right. That is very sweet of you. Thank you so much once again. And I'm sure loads of people will be in touch with you to raise and elevate their level of conscious living. Thank you, Alok. Yeah. Thank you so much.